Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith, Edinburgh. This podcast features edited highlights from our hybrid Sunday service which was held on September 12th, 2021. To find out how to join us online or in person, and for more general information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. very warm welcome to everybody here in this meeting place and to everybody who is joining us at home online and uh, just as a recognition of the fact that we are all one in the presence of our loving God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, invite those of you at home if you want to to join and also light a candle and I'm going to light that as a symbol of our unity in space in spite of us being separated. And as is our custom, we'll have a moment of silence, which I'm going to begin with this. Friend and stranger, those who are here present in this hall and those who are online, Welcome in the name of Jesus. We Blessed are you, O God, maker of heaven and earth, giver of all good things. Creation sings your praises. Blessed are you, O Christ, Son of God eternal, bringer of good news to the poor. Creation, creation Blessed are you, O Holy Spirit, giver of life and renewal, uniting us in worship and service. Creation, Say together, Lord God, defend your church and give to your people knowledge and that we may enjoy eternal life. Our Lord, Amen. 
reading is taken from the wisdom of Solomon. For she is a reflection of eternal light, a spotless mirror of the working of God, and an image of his goodness. Although she is but one, she can do all things, and while remaining in herself, she renews all things. In every generation, she passes into holy souls and makes them friends of God and prophets. For God loves nothing so much as the person who lives in wisdom. She is more beautiful than the sun and excels every constellation of the stars. Compared with the light, she is found to be superior, for it is succeeded by the night. But against wisdom, evil does not prevail. She reaches mightily from one end of the earth to the other, and she orders all things well. Gospel this morning is taken from Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 27. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any of you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they get given return for their life? 
those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Give thanks to the Lord for his glorious gospel. Praise to Christ our Lord. Morning, everyone. Morning over there. Let us pray. May God bless our listening to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This reflection has, um, has two themes, the wisdom of God and the creation of God. And a question, how can divine wisdom be grown in our lives and in our world? Wisdom, I'm not meaning the sage pronouncements of venerable elders, or not the ability to pile up data and, and sift through knowledge, but the ability to order life aright, to order life aright for the benefit of the soul, for the benefit of the household of God, for the benefit of the community, and for the benefit of humanity's relationship with the material world. And creation, that created and evolving world itself, our home, our support, our delight, our touching place for God in so many ways. Wisdom and creation. And because this may be sounding like it's tending a little bit metaphysical, um, a philosopher's joke. So a horse walks into a bar and orders a pint. And the barkeep says, you're in here pretty often. Do you think you might be an alcoholic? And the horse replies, no, I don't think I am, and then vanishes from existence. See, the, the joke is about Descartes' famous dictum, I think, therefore I am. But to explain that part before the rest of the joke would be putting Descartes before the horse. Thank you. And, and so much of the debate about climate change and our care and misuse of the planet, to, to my mind, puts the cart before the horse. We rush to try to fix the problems, except we're not exactly rushing, are we? But do we fail to consider how much we need God's wisdom to orient us in our relation to creation? Now, wisdom that proceeds from God, that is endowed and inspired and created and gifted by God, wisdom beautifully extols, sorry, scripture extols beautifully the origin and value and effects of that wisdom. Often cited is Proverbs 8, where wisdom is beside God as a master worker. And wisdom says, I was daily his delight rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighted in, in the children of man. A little off-piste here, I don't know if sporting metaphors work for you, but, but I can't help thinking of Emma Raducanu and this peerless display of tennis uh, last night, yesterday, and, and how it delighted millions 
across the world. And I see wisdom as delighting God like that. Um, that's just a sporting metaphor, sorry. And, um, and, and, uh, but look at our passage from the Apocrypha today also. Wisdom is a reflection of eternal light. And in every generation, she passes into holy souls and makes them friends of God and prophets. Think of Francis of Assisi, who cared for the poor and sick, who preached sermons to animals and praised all creatures as brothers and sisters under God. Wisdom makes them friends of God and prophets. And one such prophet, I believe, uh, was the Swiss Reformed Church theologian Lucas Vischer. Lucas Vischer, who died at 81 uh, in 2008. Professor Vischer had a passion for Christian unity, a passion for the church's engagement in the transformation of society, and a passion for good stewardship of creation. He wrote, is it not obvious that the wisdom in God's ordering of the world is being violated on all accounts? Wisdom dances before God, but we don't join in her dance, but are led by the rhythm of our own will. He notes that while we have incredible, vast expanses of knowledge with huge benefits to humankind, he nevertheless asks, have we become wiser? Have we become wiser? Look at how we handle our technological mastery, nuclear energy with its incalculable risks, our addiction to motorized mobility, the consumption of industrialized societies that plunder resources and create unmanageable mountains of waste. He suggests we are unable to listen to the voice of wisdom because we have allowed, quote, knowledge to be the ally of profit. For whenever considerations of profit are at stake, the voice of wisdom cannot be heard. And do we not hear this in the depths of Jesus' saying in Mark 8.36, in Mark 8.36, what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? And aren't there undertones there too of the of his parable of the rich fool. The words of Jesus in our gospel reading go on to paint a sober and realistic picture of the wise way of ordering our lives. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. He might as well have said, put your head in this noose or, or stand by the wall opposite in front of that firing line. Well, forgive the hyperbole, but did we think that the kingdom of God would mean making a few minor adjustments in our ordinary lives? I put up my hands in frank admission. I am not doing enough wisely for the world. That may undercut what I am trying to say this morning. I will say, though, that if we try together encouraging, supporting, inspiring one another, I believe we can make a difference to creation. But denying self and taking up the cross is not about asceticism, asceticism and hair shirts and rejected 
the pleasures afforded by living in this world so lovingly created by God. The wisdom of the way of the cross goes deeper than that. You can try to deny yourself on superficial levels, but as has been said, the self can ride as comfortably on a bicycle as in a limousine. I worry a little bit when I see woke liberals showing some of the tendencies of Puritan religion with brutal condemnation of those who do not change quickly enough. The situation is desperate. Granted, they may be showing us the way, but don't let the crusaders judge you or condemn you. Changes are necessary, but there is, as I said a, at the beginning, a danger of putting the cart before the horse, of rushing to the barricades without realizing where the real battles need to be fought, of not waiting for an answer to the question, how can divine wisdom be grown in our lives and in our world? Well, an important part of the answer is the recognition of God as the creator of all things, at least the first part of the answer, praising God as the source of all life, personally, communally, extravagantly, routinely, is the absolute priority on the way to wisdom. Practice gratitude so the outward habit affects the inward attitude. And secondly, Remind ourselves and our society that life is more than economic growth and the accumulation of stuff. I was thinking uh, the other day of that, uh, of that saying uh, in uh, the, uh, the sort of Americans that I grew up with, uh, he who doy, I'll try to get it right. He who dies with the most toys wins. accumulation of stuff, but don't underestimate the insidious power of surrounding worldviews, like wealth leads to happiness, or success is the true measure of who you are, or beauty and talent somehow confer wisdom and the right to pontificate. As far as Economics goes. I'm not on an anti-capitalism platform here. World prosperity has clearly lifted hundreds of millions out of poverty. But the servant economic growth so easily becomes the master and a pitiless, unethical, and very foolish master it is indeed. Beware of economic growth ruling our society and our lives. And thirdly, our wisdom is grown and seen in our living together in mutual respect. Build fellowships of solidarity. Reach out across the barriers with respect and with kindness to share the goods of the world. For our part as Christians, I don't want to be preaching a cheap gospel. The way of the cross is to follow a savior whose vocation carried him to Easter via Golgotha. But that cross, as Paul reminded the Corinthians, though it appears to the world as foolishness by God's standards, it is wisdom. May we grow in God's wisdom as we learn 
to care for God's creation and for one another. Let us pray. Can I just check you can hear me? Okay. In the first part of the prayers, we're focusing on creation, what we've done to creation and what we need to do next. And rather than responses, um, there will be just a short pause for reflection between each prayer. Let us pray. God, our creator, whose love moves the sun and the other stars, who created a pristine world for us. Forgive us for what we have done in our greed and ignorance to our planet. Have mercy on us, O oh God. We need your wisdom, that wisdom which is the breath of God, to guide us now. How can we make the necessary changes in time? How can we protect the poorest and the most vulnerable from disaster? And how can we ensure that the rich, not the poor, pay for the changes? We need your wisdom, O oh God. Give us humility to acknowledge we do not have all the answers, willingness to listen to others and commitment to work with others. As we plan our contribution, to COP2. Share with us your creativity. Make good that stupendous promise that we can share the mind of Christ. Help us to celebrate the world and the works of God in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. In the second part of the prayers, I'll finish each prayer with Christ have mercy. And please just echo that back by responding, Christ have mercy. We pray for our world, for a world which is now full of fear, fear of the present and fear of the future. We pray particularly for all those 
whose fear is quite simply of being killed. For all those in Afghanistan living in terror, trying to hide. For those who managed to escape and those left behind. For their fear, but also their poverty and hunger in a country completely dependent on foreign aid. The powerful of the world have not shown your wisdom here. Break in and show us how we should respond. Christ, have mercy. We pray for our church here. We remember Ian as he preaches in Sheffield and Ian and Fiona as they travel up this week. We pray for them and their family at this time of transition. Be with us, O oh God, as we plan for the future of the church in the new and uncertain world created by the pandemic. Thank you for all the new gifts and tools we've been able to use to sustain our fellowship. Please help us with your wise guidance as we look to the way ahead and help us to listen to you and to each other. Christ, have mercy. And we pray for each other. We are tired after the challenges of the last 18 months. Renew our energy. Restore our hope. We remember in particular all those known to us who find the world particularly challenging just now, whether through sickness, grief, or anxiety for themselves or others. In a few moments, let's just bring to mind and to the mind of Jesus, the people who weigh on our hearts just now. Christ, have mercy. May the love of Jesus draw us to himself. May the power of Jesus strengthen us in his service. May the joy of Jesus fill our souls. May you walk with us, O Christ, to our journey's end in this life and beyond. Amen.
share the riches of your table. We cannot forget the rawness of the earth. We cannot take bread and forget those who are hungry. Your world is one world and we are stewards of its nourishment. We cannot drink and forget those who are thirsty. The ground and the rootless, the earth and its weary people cry out for justice. We cannot hear your words of peace and forget our world in crisis and all those who are struggling, afraid and grieving. Say together, Our Father, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, as we forgive those who sin against us. Do not bring us to the time of trial, but deliver us from evil. Thanks to our gracious God, whose mercy Blessed are we when we proclaim your justice joy together the fruits of creation. Blessed are we when we sing your praises and walk faithfully on your earth. Blessed are we when we are guided by wisdom and live in harmony with your world. Amen. Let's start off with a 
sort of um, humming open sound rather than the start of the words to get the tune 